This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Heather Havenwood. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking us on your career journey today. Before we find out what you're actually doing today, if you would, please tell us, what did you want to be when you grew up? That's a great question. Um, I think looking back, I definitely wanted to be a dancer. You know, I loved dancing. I was in ballet. Ended up doing a drill team. But I do remember. There was a period of my life, you know, about like I was like six, seven, eight, where I was like standing in my room and I was kind of like telling my friends what to do, like a teacher <laughs> or like a speaker, you know, and I laugh at that because I'm like a speaker. But um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of had this like, do this and I'm the speaker and you, you follow me, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. I'm kind of doing that now in a way. But uh, yeah, did that and, and also ballet. But I didn't have like a thing. You know, some people have like a thing. Like I would be this when I grow up. I didn't really have that. Just, right, I, right. I did role, role playing, um, did role playing. I wasn't asked either, which is which is something <laughs> we could talk about. But I wasn't asked. And, it, it, and it's because I was a I was a girl. Right, you just took that mantle of authority, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I wasn't asked because I was. I mean, just being honest, I was kind of bred to just be a wife. Mm, gotcha. I was bred to just. You're not supposed to have a career. You're just supposed to get married and have kids. You know, so I never had that. My mom and dad didn't be like, "What do you want to do when you grow up, honey?" You know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was more like, "Let's just make sure you get through school." Right, right. So you were on the drill team. You wanted yeah. to. You were a ballet dancer. Well, what were some of your favorite subjects or hobbies while in school? Um, boys. <laughs> I was a boy crazy, um, but honestly, I I loved math. Oh, I loved okay. calculus math. I loved math. I did very well at math. I failed second grade spelling. I didn't do well in that at all. <laughs> wait, the wait, what was, like, what was the word that you failed? Do you remember? Were you like in a spelling remember. bee? No, I don't remember. It was like a spelling bee. I just didn't do well in English. Um, the reason I liked math was because, um, and I think this is under, un, underestimated with, with little girls, but I loved it because it's problem solving. You know, it's like, uh, I never had to memorize anything. You don't only have to memorize when you're in math. Like you have certain things you memorize like formulas, right. but not like, you know, a biology test where you're having to memorize a thousand things. I didn't do well with that. Um, and I actually ended up getting a minor's degree in math and a minor's degree in physics in college. Oh, wow. Well, that's yeah. cool. Well, what was one of your first jobs where you had like responsibility and you wanted to perform well? Waitressing. I mean, I waitress. Yeah. Hostess, waitress. And I did a high end. I mean, really high end. So my very first waitress job was at a very high end, very fast paced Texas steakhouse called Taste of Texas. It was extremely fast paced. And I learned the art of teamwork and, um, you know, uh, customer service and dealing with people on an hour and a half wait and I mean, all kinds of stuff. So um, that was my first one, my big first job. Were you directing people in that room? I was, <laughs> I was actually, yeah. And then I actually ended up uh, waiting tables I got fired. I've gotten fired like three times from waiting tables. I'm not good at serving. I'm great at directing. Okay. So I uh, ended up, my last job that I got fired from that, he said, I'm firing you from waiting tables, but I want you to run the whole front of the house, which means all the directing of 
you know, when people come in and like directing everything. So I ended up doing that. I did very, I succeeded. I excelled in that capacity as they call it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did very well and, and made them a lot of money. So did you fail as a waitress? Cause you're telling the customers what to do. Well, here's okay. So, here, well, kind of, <laughs> I would do this like, okay, do y'all need anything? Okay. Good. You good. Okay. Right. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. Good. I walk away. Like we need ketchup. I, I asked you already if you need anything. You know? And they'd be like, well, I changed my mind. I'm like, not allowed to do that. You know? And they're like, I try to make it funny slash not. And they would, I would get in trouble. So, uh, a directive and you've seen those strength finder tests. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mine top one is command. Ah, okay. Well that kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's a strength. It's a strength, and as a woman and as a girl, you're not supposed to be. That's mean. That's rude. That's this. That's that. This is the. And I think that for a long time, I didn't step into my leadership role because that was an automatic for me. That's a strength of mine, but it wasn't um, a nurtured at all. In fact, it was constantly put down. You know, because I'm a girl. A man's like, you're strong. You're demanding. Look at you being a leader. You know, as a girl, it's like, now, honey, be nice. Right, like, right. So now um, I have my own company. Well, that's a great lead-in. What do you do today? So I help uh, small businesses and businesses and authors and co coaches and entrepreneurs and thought leaders find their voice through the tool of podcasting. Find their influence. Because when you find your voice, your people will come. So I help them find their voice through podcasting and social media and how to use those tools to serve them not you serve social media. Right, right. Well, if you would, walk us through how you got there from managing the front end of a restaurant to what you're doing today, like the different steps you took, education, to get you to today. I actually ended up getting my college education at University of Texas Arlington. I did, um, I feel like I need to say this because we're, you know, talking to kids. I failed out of college my first year. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I failed out and there was a lot of reasons for that. A lot of that was because I was emotionally not ready for college. I had a really traumatic senior year and I just wasn't prepared for it. Um, and so I failed out of Baylor my first semester and it, it, a little too much drinking, to be honest, too. <laughs> um, and But then I went to another university and got straight, just come, got my stuff together, then went back to Texas Christian University um, and then I ended up transfer into University of Texas Arlington. So I transferred four times and I feel like I need to say that because I think people get like, oh, if they don't do well in one school, they failed, you know? And it's a it's a combination. Like for me, Baylor wasn't a fit. It wasn't a fit on a lot of different reasons, on social, on how things were set up. It just wasn't a fit for me. And when I went to the next university in Florida, um, I was surrounded by people that were a little bit more like me. And so I excelled and right. I think that makes a big difference. I tell kids all the day, they ask me, I'm like, I, I believe that most kids shouldn't go to big university their first two years. It's overwhelming. Right. You know, when you're in English class with 250 people, you're like, what? You know what I mean? It's very like hard to deal with that. And if you're not someone who's really social and really good at making friends fast, it can be overwhelming. So right. I always have to go to, go to it community college for two years and then your two senior your two last years you go wherever you want really and then those are the those that's the school you graduate from it doesn't right. really matter yeah 
Well, now, where'd you go right after graduating from college? Actually, in college, I ended up getting a, um, I actually ended up getting a job in college. So I went from living in the dorm room and everything is great to, uh, I get a phone call one day and my father's like, you know, we're not paying your bills anymore. So <laughs> I had to uh, figure out, it was really catastrophe for me. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. And I ended up going to University of Texas Arlington, which is a public school. And I started to go into school at night. So I had to get kicked out of the dorm um, and moved in with my boyfriend at the time and started going to school at night. And then I got a corporate job during the day. So my last, it took me three years to graduate. It took me seven years total. Three years to graduate because I went to school at night and the weekends. Okay. Yeah. And I was on that long plan as well. After four years at Florida State, it took me a little while to finally get the degree. So I totally relate to what you went through. Yes. Yes. Seven years, seven years. And so uh, I actually ended up going through being full time at that. Um, it was outside sales position um, at Southwestern Bell Wireless, which became AT&T Wireless in Fort Worth. Um, and then I was there for four years. Um, so that was my, cause it wasn't just like a regular job. It was like corporate job. It was a corporate full-time outside sales, business to business sales. I was the only female in the office. Everyone um, that was in sales, everyone, the women were customer support. I was told that I wasn't supposed to be there and they had bets against me how long I was going to wow. last. Okay. So my coworkers were male 40 plus. Um, I was 25 going to school at night um, and going to school in the weekends. So I didn't like, you know, hang out the office. I worked and then went home and worked, you know. So uh, I ended up being number one in the sales office in the entire country um, wow. out of that company. And then they gave me my little thing on the, I don't know, you know, like I'm waiting for them to give me a Rolex, right? But they didn't give me a Rolex. They gave me like a little <laughs> pat on the head and some like cheap thing to put on the, on my desk. And then they fired me. So it really took a toll. That And it was right at that time I was graduating. So it all happened like in the same six months. Wow. Okay. So I graduated and then I got fired. And then that's when it was like, oh, my God, what do I do now? You know? And right. um, that's when I got into entrepreneurship on accident. I ended up tr moving to Florida and traveling the country um, for almost six years, full-time, 50 weeks out of the year, traveling the country doing um, real estate seminars. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I ended up getting into entrepreneurship. And that was probably a great basis for you because you're in front of people, you're teaching them, kind of going back to when you were a little kid. You're yeah. telling them what to do, giving them advice, helping them succeed in what they're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So I started traveling the country doing events, and event the event-based business is very uh, commanding, you know, because you're running multiple pieces. So I excelled in that space, as they call it. So I did 450 events in like seven years. Wow. Yeah. That was fun, and then the then the, and then you know, the crash happened. Right. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm schooling the kids. This is a thing called the crash happened. Um, 2008. <laughs> I was in Florida, and uh, that was a very good time to be in Florida. 2008, nine, and uh, yeah, I went through massive bankruptcy and foreclosure and lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like this, this should be a little more uplifting, but like this is just truthful of like life happens, you know. Well, it's really interesting because you've faced numerous failures that you just 
got up and dusted yourself off and knocked it out of the park afterwards. I mean, it just seems like your track record is amazing and one of overcoming obstacles and continuing on. Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot. There really is. And I feel like I need to say that in this show because I think people have this view of like you go to college for four years and then you get a job and then you get married. There's this like little pathway and I'm like, I went like way off the pathway, you know, and way, 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 way off the pathway. And I can't even tell you sometimes I look back, I'm like, how did I get here? You know, it's it's a very interesting path of how it all happened and how I got in the industry and how I'm what I'm doing, what I'm doing now. And it's quite interesting. Well, yeah. Speaking of which, tell us, how did you go from the real estate world to what you're doing today? I was in the real estate world, but really I wasn't in the real estate world. So real estate's really marketing world. So um, you... It doesn't matter what you're selling. If you don't know marketing and you don't know copywriting and you don't understand that, then you're going to fail at that. So I was, uh, my first business online was in two, well, 1999 was my first, um, started a business online. It failed. And then 2005 was my first successful business online, zero to $1 million in, in 12 months. And then, um, then I just kept going from there. So I'm in marketing really. I mean, I'm a marketer. Right. So I market things online, offline, and now I help people use a tool called podcasting to market themselves and find their message. So um, all those times I was in the real estate space, it was really marketing space, learning how to sell in front of people, how to get rejected by people in front of you, how to travel and feel that pain of like, we're not eating Ruth Chris tonight. We're eating ramen noodles, you know? (laughs) So you learn the art of sales um, when you're in that space. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. It's just reinventing how I position myself in the marketplace. If you would, you you mentioned zero to what? $1.2 million in a year. That obviously was a tremendous success. Can you talk to a little bit about that? What was it a product? Was it the marketing aspect for someone else? Like how, what exactly was that, that got you off to such an astronomical start? I've done that a couple of times. So, um, the first one was in 2005, zero to one, 1 million in 12 months. And that was with a business partner. He was in real estate and we were selling a seminar, right? So come to the seminar and you learn how to buy and sell real estate. Right. The next one was with my, uh, um, business partner and he was a doctor and then I came in and created a supplement company and we went from zero to 1.5 million in sales in 18 months. So that one was, um, every single time there's some, there's some like elements that are very similar where you have the person in the front, like I call the brand, the person, and then you have me who runs everything else. Right. right. So I, they would be nothing without a marketer. See, people don't understand that like Dr. Oz is great, but he would be nothing without his marketing team and Oprah. Right. Absolutely. Same thing with Dr. Phil. It's all marketing. All of it. Like there's a ton of people that are better than Dr. Oz. I mean, he's great, but like there are, right? And there's a ton of people that are better than Dr. (laughs) Phil. He's great, but there are. So there's a it's all in how you market yourself and present yourself and position yourself and your messaging on everything. If you're just trying to get a job, resume, all of it. You know, I'll give you an example of that job that I got um that they had the bets against me. Right. I'll tell you what happened. So I go in and it was for outside sales position. And the guy, his name is Mike. And he says, I was young. And he said, um, okay, this is for outside sales. I'm like, yes. And he goes, okay, well, you know, you're cute and you're young. You don't have a degree yet. So we're going to put you in customer service. And I said, no. 
I want sales because I knew if I learned sales, that's a doorway to everything. So yes. he's like, no. And I'm like, yes, no. I'm literally arguing with this person. And he go, then he did what I call the typical thing of corporate. He's like, well, I'll ask my manager, you know? And <laughs> I said, okay. I'm like, okay, let's go ask your manager. He goes, well, I'll just set up a call. So I set up a call and I set up a meeting. Her name is Cindy. And she was a female in technology, which was kind of rare even now. But then, so I go in and she says to Mike, I like her. She's got fire. Worst case scenario, she fails and we put her in customer service. So put her in outside sales. And <laughs> he was like, what? Because the average age was 40 male and I'm like 23. Right. So I just didn't fit. And so they all had these bets against me, you know. But my point is, is that it's all about how I, I did kind of command it. Like I just kind of went in. I'm like, no, I want this. Right. I don't want right. to be paid $8 an hour customer service. No. And he's like, well, who are you to like? So it's all about positioning how you structure it. And even though I was selling myself, you know? Absolutely. You are selling yourself at all times for sure. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the podcast business yes. that you're doing now and how that works and functions and helps others grow their brand? Yeah, podcasting is great. I mean, it's a great tool and it's growing and it's just expanding. It's not going away. It's only getting better. Pandora's in the business now. Shopify bought Gimlet for $200 million last month. And it's just growing, growing, growing. And the reason why it's growing is because it's giving people an outlet to share their thoughts without any kind of scrutiny, right? And people can listen anywhere in the world. There's a reason why Netflix just did a deal with um, XM Radio, which Netflix is the largest video distribution company in the world, paid distribution in the world. And SiriusXM is the largest audio paid distribution in the world. And why they do a deal? That's because Audio has a farther reach than video because there's many, many places in the world you can't get a video all the time, you know? Right. You yep. can download audio all day long. You can download a podcast. You can download, you can listen to the audio, you can stream audio easier. So they realize it's, it's content. Um, and so I encourage any business owner, any person that wants to have a thought leader, uh, anyone has a voice, wants to have a voice, a community organizer, someone who's into desires politics, I believe, believe that they need to start a podcast. So, in fact, I just had a call with a woman. She was ballsy. She actually um, ran for um, governor, no, Georgia in Georgia. She ran for, like, a Senate Senate space, Senate House seat twice and fails. I was like, uh, wow, okay. it's impressive. She did that twice. <laughs> and I said to her, I was like, you need to start a podcast because – you don't have a voice. And so you're trying to go out there and, you know, do what she's doing, grassrooting at the last minute. But I'm like, you need to be doing a podcast every single week, every single day, as much as you can build that audience and then have a voice, have a platform and then run. You know, like Trump did. I mean, think about it. Trump had a huge platform. He already had a huge platform. He'd been on TV and this and that and this and that. He's been, he's been creating content. And so when he came out, like him or not, this is nothing about liking him or not, by the way. This is just about looking at structure. But right. in promotion, he's a promoter. He's been promoting himself for years. And if you read his books, which I have, he says, I promoted myself all over the place because I knew I could actually do – I could get better deals in my real estate deals if I promoted myself. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I'm in the promotion business, and podcasting is what I 
the the tool I choose to use because like right now I'm not, you know, I'm not in front of camera. My makeup's not all done. A lot of people get intimidated by camera. So audio, everyone can talk, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So how does that work functionally? Like, do you get a client or what is your typical week like? Podcasting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do a lot of podcasting. I work with clients. I help them create their name, their brand, their message. What are they going to do to get out there? How are you going to do that? Um, What actually is the message? How are you going to market it? How are you going to promote it? Why are you going to do it? What's the back end? So I work with clients one-on-one or in group settings. So I have a thing called Influencer Growth Formula. I just started a course called Influencer Growth Formula Pillar 1, which is how do you launch your podcast. Okay. And I'm in the yep. middle of doing that right now. And then we're moving in through doing some coaching, uh, hand-holding, hand-holding, and then I have a mastermind called The Power Circle. Okay. So are these online classes? Is it interactive live? Is What's the format? Uh, there's a video series, and then there's a um, online group program where we do group coaching once a week, where they get to ask their questions and get more hand holding and get more support. In the interim, there is a group, a private Facebook group, where they get their questions answered and support through other people. Okay, well that sounds really cool. You have a community of folks that all have a similar goal, yes. in which you're trying to help them achieve those goals. Yes. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, how does this job align with your strengths and interests? This might be kind of a layup because I know you like to tell them, telling and teaching people what to do. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I, yeah, it's <laughs> um, um, what does it align with? It's it allows me to have a voice and allows me to tap into my strengths, which is help people. And that's, wow, that's uh, great. what it does. Right, right. Well, cool. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by career cluster. So, Heather, we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up and what you actually do today. So if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Oh, I probably would join the military. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, yeah, probably for sure. Um that yeah, I'd probably do that. I probably would have gone to a smaller school at the beginning. Um, I wouldn't have tried to gone to a big university and get get just inundated with the craziness there. Um, I wouldn't have tried to go to an Ivy League school. I thought that that mattered. You know, I really thought like having a degree from Baylor or TCU like really mattered, and it doesn't. It doesn't. I know people that don't even have a degree, and they're more successful than people that have an Ivy League degree. So <clears throat> I think that. Um, college is good because it, la- it it forces you to be disciplined. It forces you to kind of pull college towards you. You know, you can't just be right. lazy. You can't, you've got to go for it. You've got to go for it and do it. So it does create that, but I wouldn't go, I wouldn't have cared so much about, well, I have to, you know, have a $325 an hour credit school <laughs> or 600 right. or whatever. <laughs> Those are my big ones. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have put so much focus on that. I would have just been focused on business and understanding business and marketing, promotion, and has work and um, economics. I will say this. I really wanted to be an economic major because I like math. And I walked into the business school and said I want to be an economic major. And the guy said girls aren't economic majors. And so I walked out. So oh I God. think that, wow. yeah, there's a lot of uh, sexists that you don't know. <laughs> Men don't know about. Um, there's right. a lot of sexist. So, um, and this is like 19, not 1950 people. This is like 2001. So uh, I didn't have anyone in my life to say, you know, 
don't listen to him. I didn't have anyone. Everyone around me was telling me my job was to just get married and have babies. My one was telling me you should have a career. So I didn't have right. any support. Um, I think that having support for women and girls to say, it's okay if you want to be a rocket scientist. It's okay if you want to be an economic major. Like, what do you want? It's okay. Don't listen to them just because whatever is a key piece. Yeah, I'm curious. Why the military path? Because I know, like, the first couple of years, even as an officer, you're just going to be told what to do all, every day. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right? That's okay. I like um, – I'm okay with that. It, there's a structure to it. There's a reason. Right. I actually do well inside of structure like that. Um, and I think the, one of the things about maybe, like, the Navy or uh, maybe the uh, Air Force, it really can take you into amazing places and have you see a new world. That's kind of cool. Or I would have become a lawyer. One of the two. You had a lot of aspirations there. Yes, yes, I, I do. Well, speaking of aspirations, let's make the assumption someone in our audience wants to do what you do. Now, I don't know how you want to maybe make that as a marketer. How would you uh, define that? A copywriter, marketer. Okay. What advice would you give them? Wow. Um, I read all the classic copywriting. So Robert Collier, um, Joe Sugarman, Dan Kennedy, um, the Sakaila, the influence by Robert Cialdini. There are books out there. There really is it. There's a there's a classes out there. There's people out there that are doing stuff. Uh, John Carlton teaches stuff like that. Um, but they are all rebel entrepreneurs. They're not, you know, no professors here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have jobs, so they all have careers and business that are like uh, breaking through advertising. Eugene Schwartz. Seven Forces of Success, Ad Week by Joe Sugarman, Olgi on Advertising, Classic, all of those. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk to the student who is currently in a college, university, or trade school. What advice would you give someone who's sitting in a classroom right now? Ooh, um, go work for free as much as you possibly can for business and don't ask for money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's great advice. I'm serious. I think that's one of the challenges. They're like, oh, well, I just went to university, so you owe me $50,000 a year. I'm like, no, that degree just means that you woke up every day and you did something, you know? So right, it doesn't right. mean anything that you could add value to me. Because in business, it's like their employee's job is to add value to the company, make the company money. If they're not making them money, they're not valuable, and why should I pay them? Especially someone right. young who doesn't understand that. So I would say, literally give your services away as much as you possibly can. Yeah. That's like interning, you know, learn what you want, what you don't want by interning for free at a company that maybe interests you or an industry that you might be interested in or a field, you know, get your foot in the door that way. Yes. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm just creating the influencer growth formula. We just finished the last class. So I'm really helping people right now launch podcasts. I'm doing one called Dr. E, uh, Living Ageless. That's kind of a cool one. Um, yeah, those, I'm just building brands and building podcasts. So if anyone's listening, they want to learn how to build a podcast. In fact, I have an, a client coming on soon. He has a father-son. So his son is like in his 20s. And his father's probably, I don't know, 50s, I guess. And they're doing a podcast together. And then I have another one who's doing the same thing. So they're, a, a gentleman is passing his business over to his niece, who's a definitely different generation. And so they're doing a whole podcast around that whole process. So it doesn't have to be you, just you. You know, you could be a, a, a mother, daughter, father, son, family affair. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, just cool. think about that transition and 
especially within the same family, because you've got a generational gap there. You've got all sorts of technical gaps there. You know, one person's doing it one way, the new person's going to do it a totally different way, different set of eyes. That's got to be pretty fascinating, I would imagine. So that's really cool. We'll have to keep an ear out for that. Well, as with most journeys, success largely depends on reliable transportation, and I'm a huge car enthusiast. We don't know each other, so I don't know if you are or not, but could you tell us what was your first car? Yeah, my first car was a um, an older BMW four-door four stick. I drove it to the ground, <laughs> and then I <laughs> That's had... That's a nice first car. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was heavy, one of those old Beamers. Okay. They were really, really heavy. Um, and it had like, you know, 200,000 miles on it and it was awesome. It was a great car. I loved it. I did definitely drove it to the ground though. And then I had a, this old Jeep with wooden panels on the side, like a wagon. That was a horrible car. I hated that car. Yeah. So then I had an Acura and then I started moving up in the world a little bit. Well, now what is your dream car? If you have one, mm, I have a Lexus now. I would love to have just like a newer one. Like I really love the new ones. I'm just thinking real quick. Hold on. That's my dream car. Well, that and I would love like um, there's a new Mercedes out and I don't okay. like really big, big cars and I don't like super Lamborghini. I, I'm not into that. Um, at one point in my life, I had this like Infinity i30 black on black and had gold tires. It was like really pimped out and it had um, it was uh the windows were really black. I mean, it was like really pimped out. This car was super pimped out. I got more, t- I got 15 tickets in like one year. Oh my and gosh. So ever since then, I drive like, it looks like a mob car, you know, like because I'll have like a nice Mercedes or a nice Lexus, but it doesn't look like I'm out doing Speedway. You know what I mean? So right, it like right. looks like it's like, you know, but the inside of the, in the, the, um, the inside's nice and the, the engine's great, but I'm not trying to, you know, go down and just the cops sniff that car out. I would literally be on the freeway <laughs> and a thousand other cars and I would get pulled over. And so I have learned, you know, I've learned like I'm never doing it again. So I'm, I'm not interested in the Lamborghinis or anything. <laughs> I don't want to get the, t- I don't want to talk to cops that much. So. Right, right. Well, one great perk to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a company car yeah. based on your job. And I went with the marketing aspect of what you do. Yeah. And so I picked. I wanted to pick out a cool car that had a marketing spin to it and also had powerful women involved. Mm-hmm. And so what I came up with was a 1950 Jaguar XK120. Ooh. Are you familiar with that car I'm at not. all? I'm not. Sounds cool. Yeah, I'll send you some pictures. It's a two-door sports car. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about it, it's called the XK120 because at the time, 120 was its top speed, and it was the fastest car in the world at the time, which was the marketing spin. So you had the marketing piece in there. But also, two women raced this car. They were some of the first race car drivers, and they both drove a version of that same exact car. So uh, they went on to great fame. One of them was an auto journalist, and she's actually the first woman that's been put into the Automotive Hall of Fame as a racer and a journalist. So has a little bit of the wow. professional woman aspect to it well, as well. So I will share that. that with you. That, thank That's kind of cool. That, yeah, I, idea. I tend to put a little too much work into this. But no, I, I love it, so. that. <laughs> no, that's really, really cool, actually. What's the name of it again? Jaguar? It's the 1950 Jaguar XK120. Okay, so what color would you put me in? Well, the one I post, I will post for you. Mm-hmm. 
Let's see. It is a light blue. Mm. Oh, nice. Nice and yeah. cool color. I love that. Yeah. So I'll post that uh, when this posts and you'll have a picture. Well, of this cool is car. the first. I've never had a man pick a car out like this for me. This is quite, <laughs> I'm very flattered, by the way. Very, very flattered. Very nice. I really like that touch. It's very nice. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad you like it. Well, thank you so much yeah. for taking us on your career journey. What's the best way our listeners can learn more about you and your business? Thank you. Well, I have a main website, heatherhavenwood.com. Uh, but I also have a chat bot. So since we're dealing with people who are probably cool with bots and cool things like that, right? So you can go to askheatherann.com. That's ask, A-S-K, Heather, and A-N-N-O-E. Dot com, and so that just opens up my messenger chat bot and you can talk to me directly. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for taking us on your career journey today. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.